Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you take some time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listeners would be edified. For more information about us, I'd encourage you please to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There you can find out a lot more information about us. You can find a statement of faith, prayer request pages there. If you're a prayer warrior, please go and check that that out. Uh, I know it doesn't change often, but it does change from time to time. And if you have a prayer request, you may contact us either through our webpage or our social media accounts and request that your name be added to the prayer list. We would be honored to be able to do this. Uh, I'm a big fan of prayer. I think Christians, especially in America, it's been my experience, really lack in a good prayer life. Uh, I would encourage you to, to journal your prayers. Uh, if you need a prayer journal or Bibles, we, you, there's resources on our webpage to help you uh, get those resources as well. If you cannot afford a Bible and still would like to follow along, that's great. We can also find that on our webpage, and you can click on the daily Bible link, and there you can find a, a webpage there that has all kinds of versions, languages of the Bible that can meet your needs. And so uh, I would encourage you to use that tool as well. That's why we have it there. If you have a Bible question, we uh, would certainly entertain that. We have not had any in, in a while, it seems. Um, so uh, the questions seem to come in spurts. And I usually think it has something to do with the topics that we've been talking about. So, And that's great. Uh, we originally uh, started off wanting to do this uh, ministry. It's just answering Bible questions. But as time kind of transpired, uh, we've learned that more people really enjoy the sermons and the Bible studies, and those people generally are outside of the United States, but not always. And so we would certainly appreciate your praying for this podcast. If you live within the U.S., if you would really consider helping us uh, to keep it going for those who cannot afford it in third world countries. That would be really, really great, too. You can do all that and find that information on our webpage. We uh, have had several listeners uh, in the last couple of months say that we never really talk about financial support, and they want to know how to do that, and that's great. We, I, I really don't always feel comfortable about asking for that because that's not what we're really about. We just want to be able to pay the bills and keep the podcast going. Uh, we really thoroughly enjoy... Uh, the, the many, many listeners that we have. Uh, and I've noticed, too, in third world countries, for those who don't know, uh, the listening audience, that those numbers go way up when a bunch of people seemingly go download a whole bunch at once. It's not like in America, where we have Internet in our homes, that we just can readily available do what we want. So for them, they hit the plan and they download uh, all of those onto an iPod or whatever it is they have. It, for those who are listening in nations, though it's not so popular to be a Christian, I want you to know we pray every day here in our little prayer group for the persecuted church around the world. And we know that there's places that it is really not popular to be a Christian and many places where it's becoming unpopular. And so uh, we just pray that God guides you. We don't know. Uh, exactly always what to pray, that he would guide you and protect you. 
give you the courage and the wisdom that you need. And so uh, if you're a prayer warrior, please go to our webpage and, and follow uh, that prayer request page. We actually post uh, a nation that we're all praying for in our little group each week. And so uh, please do that. I would really uh, be honored that you would do that. And so today we're going to continue our discussion in Christian evidences. This is uh, week 10, if I count correctly, top of my head, of us going through this. We're getting to the tail end of it. Uh, we've had a lot of good people, a lot of good comments um, saying, hey, we never knew that, never thought of that, never heard this before. Um, and it's mainly young people from what I'm kind of gathering from the comments and the emails. And so we welcome uh, you to please go to, to our social media accounts, too, and we would love the, the reviews there uh, that you could follow us and uh, and communicate with us through there as well. So uh, all those links can be found on our webpage. And so it's kind of funny, you know, we, we mentioned the webpage at the beginning of every podcast for three years, and I got two emails the other day saying, I didn't know you had a webpage. And so, but we do. And so please, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. I think that's very important that uh, you do that so you know that uh, I'm just not talking a bunch of uh, trash or blowing a bunch of smoke that you can see that I really truly am reading and, and using the Bible for our podcast. So again, uh, follow along here. We're going to begin here in uh, Galatians chapter 1 here in just a moment. So if you want to turn there, that would be fine. Again, like I said a minute ago, this is going to be our final uh, argument for the resurrection of Jesus and it really lies in appeal uh, of the facts surrounding the conversion uh, of Saul of Tarsus, or the Apostle Paul, as we would call him today. Uh, the force of this argument really lies in the manner of his life in the past before he became a Christian. And I kind of alluded to this in our last podcast uh, about the testimony of the Apostles versus my testimony today. Uh, my my testimony would be more along the line with Paul is uh, what was my life before Christianity in my life and what is my life today? And so that's just kind of where I want to go with the Apostle Paul. In the past, he, he was a persecutor of Christianity. Uh, Saul had this zeal, this, it was his amazing zeal, of uh, persecuting the church. And I believe it was a sincere convention uh, thing that he was doing. He was sincere. He thought he was doing the right thing. And all that combined produced a personality that could not be reached by any human effort at all. Uh, I have a, a, a friend that uh, always talking to me about his views of the Bible and trying to get me to change uh, my foundational views, and he's not going to be able to do that. And so I love listening to him, love debating with him, um, but at the end of the day, the only one that's going to change my foundational views is the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. And so I really put a lot of weight on that. Doesn't mean I don't listen uh, to what he has to say. And so 
Uh, and he gives the same respect back, and so I've always appreciated that as well. But uh, you just you don't change on your own from being a zealot, persecutor of Christianity, to becoming a, a persecuted person yourself. Uh, Will Durant, in his book, uh, Caesar and Christ, he makes this observation. He admits that there was a solitarsis of history. He admits that he persecuted the church. He admits that he was converted. But he makes his observation says, No one can say, and this is a quote, what natural process underlie in this experience. Well, I would say that it's because natural processes are totally inadequate to answer the case for the change that took place in this man that we call uh, the Apostle Paul. So, here, here is Paul's life in the past prior to becoming a Christian, and he's going to tell us about him in Galatians uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 11. So, follow along. Again, Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. For I would have you known, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from a man, nor was I thought, thought it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. Okay, and so he goes on to say, look, I did not receive my message from any human being, no man. I wasn't taught it by any man. How I became uh, into this gospel message was by divine revelation of Jesus. And that's exactly where uh, Paul or Saul uh, would put it. And I think it's noteworthy here that Jesus was crucified before Saul's conversion. So if we can prove that Jesus appeared to Saul and gave him that gospel, as he claims to the, in the book of Galatians, then we're going to have to believe that the crucified Jesus was resurrected from the grave in order to make a post-resurrection appearance. There's no other conclusion that one can come to. So there's a three, three-pronged argument that I learned years ago uh, that Jesus appeared to him. And again, it, it's here in the Scripture. After laying the claim to Christ's personal gospel that was revealed to him, Paul, then he begins to present the evidence in form of a logical argument from his past manner in life. Paul's unique uh, manner of life should be convincing proof that only Christ himself could have approached this fiery a persecutor with the gospel to convert him. I mean, Paul was throwing men and women in jail. He was killing them. He he was really going after them if you really studied the book of Acts. And so, again, in Galatians 1, verses 13 and 14, as we just read a moment ago, he persecuted the church beyond measure. Uh, in other words, he was a fanatic. And the evidence Paul uh, received from the gospel is from Jesus, and that lies with this fiery uh, fearnesses of, of persecution. That, that phrase, beyond measure, 
it, it shows the severe measure of this persecution. I mean, he was so involved in it, and he was all the power and the might and the force that he had at his hand, he was going to persecute beyond measure. And again, this is the description of his former life, and it was apparent uh, and well known to the church in Galatia. And it seems that he had uh, to mention uh, these uh, three particulars in a case to them to fully appreciate what he meant. So again, let's try to look at some of this. And we're going to look here uh, mainly in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 58. Again, this is the account of Luke's here of the persecution uh, by, by uh, Saul, this persecuting Jew. Excuse me. So read with me. Starting in verse 58. This is really a bad chapter break. We'll go into verse 1 of chapter 8. It says, And Saul was consenting unto his death. That would be Stephen's death. And notice here that men laid their garments down at the feet of Saul. Uh, he, in other words, he is the acknowledged leader of the persecution of the church. And then in Acts chapter 8, in uh, the first three verses here, but Paul laid waste to the church, entering into every house, dragging men and women out, and committing them to prison. So even the women did not escape the persecution of this man, okay? And then verse, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, notice, uh, Saul yet breathing out, threatening and slaughtering against the disciples of the Lord. Okay, so he's going to get these official documents that will give him the authority to go to other towns, uh, to arrest and bring Christians uh, in chains to Jerusalem for trial. In other words, he had the power to extradite them back to Jerusalem. And then notice here in Acts chapter 22, uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 4 says, and this is uh, Paul's talking about in his testimony about his conversion. I persecuted the way unto death. In Acts 26, verse 9, Paul will go and describe the anti-Christian hatred that caused him to persecute the church. And so as you study out the Apostle Paul and his trials, you have to really read all of them uh, to get the whole picture of his conversion. For whatever reasons, Luke only recorded, I guess, the highlights, uh, for lack of better understanding, to be honest, but they're all, you have to read all of them to put together Paul's defense and his talk about uh, how he called on the name of the Lord. Acts 22, verse 16, again, uh, he's talking to uh, Felix the king and says, hey, this is how I did it. I called on the name of the Lord. I was told how to do that, and it was through immersion. And so, uh, again, He's in this defense with King Agrippa, excuse me. And so Paul is now a veteran of Christ for many years. And he, he recounts how, uh, with a complete conscience, how he shut up many of the saints. Uh, he put them in prison. He voted for their death. Uh, he voted to punish them. 
even in their worship assemblies, even uh, strove to, to make them out to be a blasphemer of God. And then you can read all this in Acts chapter 26, verses 9 through 12, but he, 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 will, he, he caps off his description of the extreme measure to which uh, he went to the persecution of these people. And he carried out with such intensity that he pushed on toward Damascus in the heat of the day at verse 13 there. While uh, others rested from the heat at this time of day, Saul was pressed toward. He's on this task and he really wants to get to Damascus. He He's ready to, to put those people in prison. He's ready to shut down uh, this movement of Christianity in its early conceptions. He felt that it was his job that God had given him to wipe out this message. And think about it, if he would have been successful, uh, the people would not have stood up and been willing to die, willing to go to prison for what they believed and what they uh, were told by the apostles. And just think about the other apostles, too. I mean, uh, they're, they're out there preaching this message, and they, they're scattered all over the world now trying to, to deliver the gospel. So, again, the question has to be, uh, how do you deal with uh, this fanatic like Saul? And the obvious answer is, you cannot. Uh, this is the very point at which Paul uh, was intending to make, that no one could ever have converted him. He was set in his ways and his beliefs and his foundation, but yet somehow he was converted. And so who, who converted him? I mean, honestly, think about it. Christians could not have done it. I, I just really don't think so, because he was throwing them in prison. He didn't care what they had to say. He was voting to have them executed, throwing them into prison. And so, and certainly the Jews would not have done it. Uh, they were supporting uh, Paul, or Saul, I should say at the time, to go and, and wipe out this new a Christian sect. They didn't want anything to do with it. They wanted to root it out of Israel. And so who could have done it? Well, Paul is, is going to affirm clearly that it was Jesus. But Christ had been crucified, right? And so how, how there could Christ appear to Saul? Well, the answer is, he had to be raised from the dead. There's an empty tomb. And notice here that Paul, he's very advanced in, in the Jewish religion. He was really into this. There's at least four areas of Paul's advancement that I think is worth noting uh, during his pre-Christian life, which he talks about. And first one is in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to refer to it. So if you're taking notes. But he will go say that he was advanced in the society among the Jewish elite. He was born a Pharisee. And he was an outstanding Pharisee. He was proud to be a Pharisee. And in Acts chapter 22, verse 3. Uh, he's a, an advanced scholar. And he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, who uh, was considered at the time uh, well, the greatest rabbi in his day. And then in Acts chapter 9, 
uh, verses 1 and 2, and in Acts chapter 26, verse 12, he's advanced in power. And you can see this because he, he's exercising his power in his persecution against the Christian church. He had been given the authority to go do that. And he was advanced financially. I mean, he had uh, to be able to support uh, the, what we would call a police force, to uh, the guards, or the soldiers, whatever, to accompany him in his efforts. Because one man is not going to be able to throw everybody in prison by himself. He's going to have to have people to help him do that. So this very well could have been uh, temple guards or whatever. Uh, but the fact is, somebody had to buy food and, and give them a wage to go along. So Saul of Tarsus was what we would call in our world today as a successful man in his career field. Uh, beyond any doubt, he was a very prominent person among the Jews. Everybody would have probably known who Saul was. His reputation even preceded him to the Gentiles uh, from time to time. And you can read this in Acts uh, chapter 26, verse 24, says he, he was outstanding known person. So what could have motivated such a, a brilliant young man by the name of Saul from Tarsus from becoming a Christian? What, what could a Christianity have offered him? I mean, he's really what we would say the who's who in, the, in his world. Christianity would have meant that he would have been severed from all these things. He'd been removed from such a standing. His accomplishments uh, would have been nothing. They could have very easily they'd been reversed through his reversal to Christianity. So the answer only again has to be Jesus is the only one who could have provided such a dramatic, sufficient way of converting him. But if Jesus is dead and crucified, then how could Jesus have converted him unless he had been raised from the dead? And it's exactly what Paul would say. He was, again, Paul was extremely zealous for the traditions of his father. You know, he, he, was, he was prejudiced. Let's just say it outright. He was the father of... of his father was a Pharisee and so on. They, they were really into the law of Moses. The Pharisees, they, they framed up this uh, conflict of, uh, with Christ, and it was particularly an interpretation of the law which blinded them to the Christ's claims of doctrine. Okay, so the Pharisees have a history for the last three and a half, four years now of just constantly going a battle against Jesus in the temple or in the synagogues, wherever. They were always there uh, to cause him issues. We notice here in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 5. Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Here's Paul. He's talking about himself. He was circumcised on the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, uh, Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the right to the righteousness of the law to be found blameless. So whatever things were gained to me, 
And those things I have counted a loss for the sake of Christ. Okay, so here is Paul saying, hey, I had all these things, uh, but I gave them all up. Uh, prejudice does not always uh, preclude honesty. I, it is, in fact, a product of the lack of knowledge. And notice that I, I make that statement because here he is in First Timothy in chapter 1. He's writing to a young preacher, uh, trying to encourage him. Uh, but in verse uh, 13, it says, Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. So, again, here's a man who believed in, with all genuine sincerity in his heart that he was doing the right thing. And that, I think, makes a point. You can, you can be sincere in what you think and what you believe, but you can be sincerely wrong. And that's exactly what uh, the Apostle Paul was before his conversion. He was sincerely wrong. And so he was doing all these things in the name of God, Jehovah, but that man had already prejudged Christianity. He was, uh, he was just a fanatic in his hatred toward Christianity prior to his conversion. So to kind of wind this down a little bit here, uh, how does one convert from being such a, a fanatic? If human beings cannot do it, that leaves only one option, and that is God. Saul became a Christian. Uh, he, he changed uh, horses, uh, someone might say, in the, in the middle of a religious stream. I mean, the impossible happened. And it's, it's a matter of history. It's not a matter of fantasy. It is recorded. Uh, if you would talk to anybody in the Jewish faith today, they would acknowledge uh, that Saul of Tarsus was real and that he was uh, a real-life person, yeah, but he was a blasphemer. So they're acknowledging uh, that Saul uh, was a Jew, and they're acknowledging that he converted to Christianity, if you would listen to him and talk to them. So uh, if human beings could not do it, Christians certainly wouldn't have been able to do it, and again, the Jewish people would not have wanted to do. So what happened? And the only answer that you can really logically come down to is his conversion was led by Jesus, who had been raised from the dead. So trying to keep it in context with the historical facts, that's the only thing that we can honestly say is that's what reversed Saul's life. You can think that he's some undercover agent for uh, the Jews. Uh, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is uh, history would, would say that he would be arrested. He would go to Rome. He, we know he's in Rome. He's awaiting trial. And the odds, uh, Fox Books of Martyrs would say that he was executed. So uh, was there a, a, an alternate motive? Uh, in the back of Saul's conversion. Well, what motives could there have been? I mean, wealth. Uh, he had left all of that for poverty of Christianity. And you can read about that again in Acts chapter 20 and 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 
he had this reputation among uh, kings. He was heard among kings, and he was renounced to become a fool for Christ. Passion? Was there some immoral reason? I mean, look at his character. His moral integrity was really above re reproach among the Jews and, and, and as a Christians as well. Paul had many enemies uh, in the re Christian uh, religion who attacked him mercilessly, you know, but none tried to cast this reflection from this vantage point. They, they never came at him as though he did not have integrity. Uh, what about power? I mean, again, Acts chapter 26, you can read the whole chapter, but he, he had this with the Jewish religion, his status within that religion, and he leaves it all for Jesus. Was he deceived? Uh, many are sincere, uh, but deceived. But the question at this point is, who would have deceived him, friends or enemies? Uh, his friends would not have. Uh, Saul was their companion. Christians could not have because he would not have any tolerance for them before his conversion. Was he mad or uh, was he crazy? Uh, you can see this was an indictment by Festus in Acts chapter 26, verse 24. I mean, Festus would say, oh, you're learning. Uh, Paul has made you mad. Okay. Others attempted to explain this away by psychological terms. Uh, Paul is accused of being so intense in his efforts, yet conscience-stricken for his terrible deeds to Christians, uh, that he became uh, despaired that while on the road to Damascus, he experienced too much heat, been in the sun too long, and a combination with all these forces working uh, caused him in his imagination to merely think that he saw Jesus. This is going to be uh, contrary to the historical record of the account of Saul's life in his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. You know, if he'd been in the sun too long and, and made some delusional thing, eventually he would have come around on that, I would think. Um, but Paul was not depressed. He was very much engaged in the persecution of the saints. As a matter of fact, he was quite sincere, and he states so that he thought he was doing his service to God. And you can find that in Acts 26, verse 9. So in conclusion here, listeners, we had this man who was really unreachable, but he was reached by Jesus. Uh, Jesus was crucified on a cross, and so how was it possible for him to appear to Saul on a road to Damascus unless he indeed truly was resurrected from the grave? And so I certainly hope that uh, you've enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, please hit that like button. Make sure you follow us. And we're going to continue uh, next week. It will be our 11th week in the Christian Evidences. And we're going to talk about Jesus, uh, the man of destiny. It will be the topic next week. So I certainly hope that you'll join us then, that you'll get that alert uh, when we release our podcast on Saturday mornings. Please, I encourage you to, again to go to our webpage, find out more information about us. Please make sure you follow us and like us on Facebook or Twitter. And we're on LinkedIn as well and a couple others. All that information is on our webpage. 
I'd encourage you to go check that out. And again, if you're a prayer warrior, please pray for those who have asked for prayers. Uh, they would sincerely appreciate that. And we truly need to be praying for one another each and every day. Again, uh, thank you for listening. May God bless you. And may He have the glory. Amen.